Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. No, way off. 28. Oh, my God. <laughs> you weren't you know, it, here for 27. I swear you, to God, it's that broom ball. It's <laughs> too much broom ball. That's right. Too, broom too many ball. broom balls to the head. That's enough of that. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Again, seriously, broom ball community, stop texting me and sending me DMs and stuff with death ah. threats. I don't need them. They were just jokes. <laughs> all, all good. We'll make it up to you. We'll yeah, do an okay, episode good. live from the northern the Northern Ontario Championships next year. There, done. We could, we, yeah. we could. Someone I, paid our way. I don't know how that's <laughs> going to go, but we're going to do it. It's not going to go well. All right, <laughs> so we're into check my fanny bracket edition. Oh um, yeah. So, and you make a good point here in the notes that yeah, we went a little heavy with two big, big ass yeah, losers. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of yeah we stumbled on that big time, man. Like. Really I, I can't imagine we're the only ones, though. I mean, oh, absolutely uh, not. Absolutely not. Definitely Florida being uh, swept. Uh, if somebody had placed that kind of bet, uh, I, I would like to know. That would yeah, be so very would impressive. But um, no. And uh, yeah, I, I, did you did you at least think that Florida was had the potential of losing in the second round? Did you even feel that much? Because I didn't. Um, I feel. Yes, I felt like they could lose in the second round, uh, in particular whenever it became clear that it was going to be T-Bay. Um, okay. once, they took, once they took that game seven, there was a possibility. Um, you know, With the Flames? And, 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 well, I'll, I'll, I'll get into the whole Lightning thing and, and, and Florida in a little bit. As for the Flames, um, you know, I'll get into, deep into that in, in a little bit as well. But all I will say is, wow. Wow, in regards to that Oilers Flame series. And uh, I don't want to give much more away other than that. I want to kind of get into it with you a yeah, little we'll bit. Yeah, we'll stick and... with the bracket. Sorry, stick with the bracket. Oh, yeah, no, no. What's but, in the uh, but, well, What's in, in the bracket? Bra- I'll tell you what we got in the bracket this week. So I, I finally finally signed in after probably about, oh, I don't know, two and a half, three weeks of signing up for the damn thing, right? So, <laughs> so I get in there. And uh, yes, uh, for whatever reason. Although, you know what? I, I will say this is a side note, not so much for our listeners here, but... Um, there are six people on the list for two lag, yet there's seven entries. And I know I'm the seventh entry. I just don't know why I'm not in there. But having That's said all weird. of that, having said all of that, if you slide me in there, I would figure in the second place right now in our uh, oh yeah our, our place, little eh? grouping. 105 is what I'm sitting at in regards to points. Now, having said that, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna all positivity ends there <laughs> because because <laughs> the Flames and the Panthers. Enough said. Um, I yeah. believe I believe yourself as well, Marty. Your own uh, uh, pick. I think you had some flames and some Panthers things going on, and of course our joint Tugalag as well was heavy on the flames and the Panthers. So I may be sitting at 105 points in second place. <laughs> That's really all I got to write home about because I do not own a championship pick such as everyone else other than yourself and myself yeah. in our in our little grouping. So you know, tip of the cap to them. Uh, yep. I, I'm, I pretty much am going to fizzle out here, I think, at this point. I think the only thing I can hang my hat on is the Rangers. That's who I picked with my own um, bracket. 
So we will see how that all turns out. And of course, we'll get into that in a little bit here too. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been fun to kind of look at it and kind of go right back to the start and say, geez, I was kind of really off on this. And I mean, of course, the flame, the whole flames things against the Oilers things happen. So you know what? Though it's all it's all funny games. We you know we once once we get get all of our picks in, we think we're an expert, and we quickly find out that that is not the case. Like I'm going through the teams right now too, and okay, so that's wow, man. So even the top two for us, Nick A and Adam, they both have uh, Calgary instead of Edmonton moving on. So there's literally nobody's. It's like nobody saw this coming. No. Nope. Yeah, and even Mr. Kamish, everybody had Calgary beating Edmonton, which is well, the bad for all of us. But I think it's worse for Calgary when you see that many people thinking. You know, Calgary, you should have this series. and It won't be a kickwalk, but you should have this. Um, and then you walk out having lost four games to one. Well, I mean, the, 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 from the Flames' point of view, you, you kind of – maybe you didn't go completely all in, I'll say, as Florida. But uh, no. I will say that you put some chips into the center of the table. Yep. Uh, th- those are all for naught now. So obviously some decisions being made here going forward, uh, mm-hmm. most notably with Kachuk and uh, Goudreau. Goudreau um, yeah. get, get, getting a feeling like a lot of people think that Goudreau may have played his last game as a flame. But you know what? Especially in today's NHL and the way things are kind of kept so close to the chest, I mean, for me, it's just a case of, you know, wherever he ends up, I'll, we'll believe it when I see it. So i.e. When, yeah. when he signs. I mean, All I'm saying is that even he admitted that uh, his his neighbors were shoveling his driveway apparently uh, during the winter months to keep trying in an effort to try and keep him around. So everyone's trying to keep him in Calgary. He sounds like he wants to stay. Like he doesn't sound like he's necessarily excited for free agency or anything like that. Like he's he's not like you said. He's potentially holding his cards close to his chest, and that is what you should do. But at least sometimes you get a you get players who will be like. Yeah, I'm looking forward to free agency. Uh, you know, it's it's just part of the process. It's nothing against Calgary or anything. I just really want to, you know, I, I want it's my time or whatever. Anyways, there's just always an excuse, but um, he's not doing any of that. And I so it's because of that. I think, like I, I do see him. I don't know if I would say if he would take a pay cut, but I do see him staying in Calgary. And maybe there's something that he does in favor for Calgary to be able to afford more and then you know try to keep kachuk as well um but uh i don't know nothing tells me he's leaving well i mean i i would certainly agree with you if somebody had a gun to my head or if i was had had forced to place a bet i, I would certainly place that with uh, uh Goudreau staying in calgary in some shape or form yeah. um yeah. you know th- is it maybe less term or you know what i mean you can always play around yeah. with a few things less term less money whatever the case may be i don't know how they're going to fit it in the one thing i will say though is uh, from a Calgary fan, a Calgary Flames fan base point of view, you certainly have to love what Matthew, what Matthew Kachuk did say, kind of as uh, everything was kind of parting and everything. He loves the city. He doesn't really want to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, I'm I'm not doing this per verbatim there, but basically the kid said, like, listen, I, I want to stay, and I'm really happy where I am. Love the yeah. love the city. Lo- love everything about it. So you know what I mean. When you hear that from the player that is potentially going to you know UFA or a free agency or whatever uh-huh. the case is. Um, you know, with the disappointment that that and and the shock really that that the Flames just went through here over the last like few days, I would have to imagine that's a you know 
somewhat of a small consolation prize that you know he doesn't really want to go anywhere. So now it's just a matter yeah. of management. And if they're gonna happen. if they're gonna do a plan B sort of thing, I can see that you know, all right, listen, we can't because I don't I don't know that Kachuk would garner the same kind of uh, demand that Goudreau would. But imagine losing Goudreau, and you know, you, while you you're not going to pay him the same amount, it frees up some money so you can do a few things. One of them being keeping Kachuk around, maybe long term. So yeah. that's a good plan B. I think uh, you know having Kachuk on the team is a very good idea. He's a very well, good player. He really developed a lot this year. He looks really good in that system. So, well, I mean, you and I both know. I mean, and and this is not to to slight Johnny Goudreau in any way, shape, or form. I mean. It, look, what we do know is the guy's a scorer. Like, he can put the puck in the net, right? But, I mean, mm-hmm. let's call it what it is. When playoff hockey comes around, and, and don't get me wrong, Goudreau had a rough go, so did Lindholm, so did Kachuk here, uh, yeah. in, particular, in particular against Edmonton. And, you know, these guys scored over 100 points, the whole nine yards, get it, get the whole thing. The fact that Kachuk really wants to stay in, and, I mean, I think the biggest question mark is probably the Goudreau contract. I think you can almost sit here and say that, to a certain extent, it's not a foregone conclusion. Obviously, they got to get the you know got to get to work, get the job done. But yeah. you can almost kind of see Kachuk. That's not really a question. Like we're gonna get, we're, something's gonna figure itself out there. We just got to kind of figure things out with with Goudreau a little bit more. And the reason I say that is, I mean Marty, hundred point player and that type of a player, right? Like this is a sandpapery, uh, physical uh, type of winger here, and, and and a winger that scores at that rate. I mean, look, you don't find Johnny Goudreau's every day, but I I guess I'll say it this way: you find uh, um, Matthew Kachuk's even less. Does that does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? To a certain extent, I know what you mean. So, it's almost like you could find Goudreau easily, more easily. Uh, I mean, Goudreau's don't come around every year, and they certainly aren't in every draft there. No, but they but, stand out more. But yeah, like I mean, I just with find Kachuk, that you got, it's not that it's it's not that Kachuk isn't in your face with the stats because especially this year, like goodness, it's, but it's, it's hard to like find that sandpaper. Yeah, but it's exactly. it's 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 hard to find that sandpaper the combination com- combined with skill. Whereas whereas I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, Gujo can can get mucky yep. when he needs to, and, and and I'm sure he has. But that's not his game. That's not. It's really not. It's not. It's not. And you know, it, and again, like I say, I don't want to, I love both players. Of course, anybody yeah. would want both of them on their team. But I think yeah. if you're kind of saying to yourself, geez, okay, make a decision one or the other. She's tough, but I don't yeah. know why. I don't know why I'm leaning Kachuk. I think it's just maybe that little tinge of intangible for me. Is it like, sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there also a quite like a four year gap in age as well? Oh, yeah, I do believe that uh, Kachuk's. Uh, you know, when I say substantially younger, we're talking about two to four years there. It's not like uh, just a little bit. Yeah. So, and I think just because, just because, not just because of that, but when you start putting things together, yeah. you're left with the like the decision being basically one thing over another. It's yeah. one, like everything else is there, but then it's like, okay, well, what's the one deciding factor? What's the straw that's going to break that camel's back? Well, to me, that could be an age thing. Because if you're talking about getting an extra four years of prime service, Instead of two years, like yeah. I, these, are, I'm throwing numbers out here. Imagine Goudreau is since because he's older, you have to assume his prime years are getting closer to being behind him. Whereas yeah. with Kachuk, he's 24 years old, so his prime years are basically just starting. Lots so of tread left that, on that tire. Yeah, and it is a four-year difference. Uh, Goudreau's 28. Now again, he's only 28, yeah. but you're looking at two to four years left for prime service. Whereas Kachuk, you've got six to eight. 
So maybe the Kachuk thing because of the sandpaper as well and all those other things. But I think at the end of the day, you start looking at like, you know what? We're, let's sign him to an eight-year deal. That way there, we've got him for his entire prime. And that way there, it's uh, it makes a little bit more sense. Whereas with Goudreau, you can't, I suppose you could sign him to an eight-year contract. He'd be 36 by the end of it. But that means, you know, the last two years are probably not the yeah. greatest. That's kind of where that age frame is. But anyways, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I, sign both. Like, if you really can, sign both. This was a very good team. I, I think that I, I think that might be the plan. In, in all reality, like, they'd have to make some, you know, some adjustments here and probably free up a little bit of money somewhere along the line. But uh, it's, it certainly sounds like they they want to keep both of them, and it certainly sounds like they're going to kind of move heaven and earth for either one. Now, do here's you think the question. they have to do anything major? to this roster to get not just back to where excuse me where they were but also to make it further well i mean i, I you know what i mean I, we've been talking about it here for the past 10 15 minutes i think it all starts with what's going to go down with these two guys in, in, in if we're talking about the flames here with these yep. two guys with these two guys where are we at with them and i think if they can get them back into the fold you're you're kind of doing a little bit of a run back here, I think, uh, minus potentially some of these acquisitions over the course of the trade deadline, depending sure, on if yeah. they can keep them or not. Um, but hey, you know, I'll reserve judgment to wait and see what the Flames do with these two guys. And I okay. think if they can get them back into the fold, I think you're, you're close enough here that you're just going to end up running it back with maybe a few adjustments. Um, yeah. We'll see Hopefully how your goalie plays better. Well, and, and 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 he should, and he should, because he he he, should. he, he, sh he showed better than that. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit with the Oilers, but they ran rough shot on him pretty good, and uh, yeah. you know, I, I would think he wants a little bit of a redemption. Speaking of redemption, before we move on to along the boards, I do want to get into the Panthers a little bit quickly and kind of touch on this because, folks, when it comes to the Panthers and Flames, these were literally two teams that. Well, Marty and I thought we're going to kind of do a little bit of damage here, and frankly, really should have. Uh, oh, these two, these are two teams I think that were somewhat built for the playoffs. And my personal opinion in regards to the Panthers, I have to wonder if it's either a combination of one or the other, uh, whatever the case may be, of either one of these. One, the Panthers being somewhat inexperienced in playoff uh, uh, hockey. Two. Was it the Lightning going into championship mode, which we'll talk about in a little bit? Or was it the combination of both? I got to kind of lean a little bit to both because I'm sorry. That was real. As much as the Flames and Oilers were a shock to me, if you look back and dig deep, there's always a possibility that that could have happened. Oilers taking yeah. four to one. Oh, but, yeah. I gotta, but I got to say, the Panthers being no. swept no. no sorry with the no amount reason. of with the amount of offensive onslaught we saw from this team and we've mentioned it on several occasions i believe that was the highest amount of goals in a in a year by one team since the 95 penguins and these guys get skunked that's uh, something that the smell test something yeah that's yeah, pretty much what i was <laughs> thinking something's up uh, and yeah. i don't think it I, and i don't think it's what I mean by something's up is I do believe that I almost want to say they were somewhat a little shell shocked, almost like uh, you know the bright lights of the postseason come on and they were just kind of somewhat flat. They weren't exactly dominant against the Capitals either, and we got into that a little bit in that series. Yeah. So 
what happened with the <laughs> Panthers here? I don't know. There's going to be quite a post-mortem on this one, I think. Yeah, you would think. Um, honestly, when I looks like, cause I did watch a couple of the, the games and at no point, and, and like you said too, even against Washington, at no point did Florida ever really look like they like knew Florida. what they were doing. Like, no, exactly. They did not look like Florida at all. Um, and it, it's the kind of thing that when you brought it up saying like, okay, maybe they got a little shocked that <laughs> this sounds stupid, but they were just like shocked that they were in the play. I, th- I honestly feel like they, in a sense, they were shocked that they, it didn't come easier for them while in the playoffs. And I think that stuck with them and they were, they weren't able to shake that off. And they were just like, well, how come, how come we're not just winning everything? How come, you know, we have to try hard, like almost like, like just wondering why they actually had to work during the playoffs. Um, maybe that's a, a sense of it, but Anyways, I was going through their season, and I only I think only in November did they ever lose four in a row. And I'm trying to find right now. So November, oh yeah, okay, well, there's four there. I mean, it so was it was it was a dominant season. But that's what I'm saying. Like something really, I to say that they just fell into a like a funk. I don't know. I just, it feels like something else was going on. Like Bobrovsky didn't even play bad. Bobrovsky was not the issue at all, which I felt like if Florida was going to either get swept or lose anyways, it was going to be somewhat on his shoulders just because he, you know, was kind of wasn't still hasn't really played that great of a season. Um, Good, good numbers and everything, but just not uh, certainly not Vesna worthy. We'll say that much, but um, I don't know, like, uh, you know, Burakovsky or not Burakovsky, but uh, Barkov didn't look great. Uh, Huberto didn't look good. The lines, like it didn't look like they were deep, like they were in the in the regular season. It looked like they they had a couple of players who were ready for this, and the rest of them just looked lost and confused. Ekblad did not look good either. I don't know if that's lingering from the injury, but um, watching them play, on the one hand, yeah, they kind of beat themselves because they just didn't look good. But on the other hand, absolutely, Tampa got shifted into championship mode. I don't think Florida really stood a chance, even if Florida did figure it out. Um, I think Tampa was just going to play that much better basically because of Vasilevsky, uh, but the whole team really, but Vasilevsky is just he's otherworldly right now. And, and the thing, like here I am watching a couple of these games, right? Like I'm, I'm kind of popping all over the place with games every night in the whole nine yards, but I tried to kind of keep a, a little bit of a focus on this, especially after the uh, Florida went down 0-2 because I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh man, and and don't forget, like it was, it started out in Florida, right? The series, yeah. So here, so so I'm sitting there after game two, and I'm like, okay, and now we're heading to Tampa Bay, and it 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 wasn't just that Tampa was beating them; it's the way they were beating them. You, you dude, almost making them look foolish. Look, I, I I'll be the first to say I'm not like uh. When I watch these games, you know some of these analysts and whatever they, they wa- they'll watch a game in a different way, right? In the, in an X yeah. and O's kind of. Well, I will say this: I watched Victor Hedman, like when he was on the ice. Like I, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even check the play. I'd just be kind of watching him. Yeah. And and you've heard you've heard analysts and and, and sportscasters say it before: the way he controls a game, dude. This he's, guy, he's, this guy was painting. Right this guy was painting a fucking Picasso man in this <laughs> series. Like uh, it, w- and and what really kind of stood out for me was 
and I and I don't mean for this to be sound negative in any way. It was effortless. It was effortless for him, and by extension to a certain degree, the entire team. And they're doing all of this without Braden Point. Excuse me. Like well, I'm sorry. Talk about putting all the other seven teams at that point in the second round on fucking notice. It's uh -huh. like it's like, hi, you do you remember us? We just won the last two Stanley Cups. They've We're been here. doing it without Braden Point for a while. That's the problem. Point has wow. not had a good season at all, and certainly not a playoff either. So I don't know what's going on there, but he kind of fell off the face of the earth. One of those bad seasons, hopefully, because he's such a good player. I doubt this is who he is now at this point. But um, but yeah, you're right. Like Hedman is the kind of is he's like a maestro out there. He's just conducting the play and 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 doing. He's so he's so big. Because I was watching some of the games, and I didn't... Like, I knew he was a big boy, hockey player, defenseman, whatever. But, man, he was sitting next to... I don't know who it was, but it didn't matter. It could have been Andre the Giant, I feel like. Because Hedman is gigantic. He is a big, imposing he's, player. He's a big boy. Yeah. He is a big boy. But he's so smooth on the ice. He's so smooth. Well, Marty, I mean, like, look, I, I we certainly won't uh, kill this Panthers thing to death. But, I mean... Yeah. I. I they, I think plain and simple, we can just flat out say here that Tampa Bay, they, they, they did hit championship mode here. Like, like yeah. to, towards the end of that Toronto series. And, it, dude, it, it's just watch the games. Folks, yeah. if you want to know what we're talking about on this podcast, go back YouTube, wherever you get your, your hockey, and look at games one through four, really, at any point. And, and it, it just, it, it almost didn't seem right but <laughs> but you, you you can't take anything away from Tampa. They, they just no. They, and dude, Vasilevsky, they've, they've, they've Vasilevsky, done it for, oh, this guy. I mean, this guy. I. It's funny too because against Toronto, his numbers weren't really that great, and it, you know, game seven, the whole bit, and then he just turned it on. His numbers and against Toronto, I think it was like eight seventy one something like that, or it was really low, anyways. And then all of a sudden, now against Florida. Um, 9.57 or 9.60, something, something somewhere along nuts. those lines. Nuts. He's, he's just so focused, so locked in right now. I kept seeing different types of stats about his, like, you know, uh, most shutouts for a game seven or yep. uh, best uh, rebound games and most whatever. Like, he just had all these different categories that were just getting checked off. Like, yeah. he might go down as one of the best ever, if not the best ever. At this point, the way he the way he plays with the championships he's got, if he gets this cup this year, Hunt, I, I'm sorry. If he does, I think that actually solidifies him, in my mind, as the best goalie ever. Well, Championships this, and numbers. This is all I'm going to say about this Panthers and Lightning thing. When it comes to Vasilevsky, I, I we got to put him in in the conversation of, you know, one of the most clutch goaltenders of all time. You know, we talk about Patrick Raw in in regards yep. to the in regards to that statement and how he was yeah. so clutch when he needed to be. I yeah. don't know, dude. I don't know. You got a lot of friggin' numbers that are starting to back up Vasilevsky here, big time. Like when this yeah. guy need when his team needs a win or his team needs to close these things out, this guy is money. And yeah. That's what you want in your goaltender and, in the playoffs. And I don't know that there's many players that are even in the same ballpark as this guy. When it, nope. Especially, like you said, especially when it comes to being clutch. That's a very, very small conversation 
Like, yeah, I and I haven't looked into it, but I'm I'm telling you right now, it'll be like two, maybe three players tops that can touch what Vasilevsky is currently doing. See, like you can talk about how Hasek was the best goalie. A lot of people like to say that and or Jacques Plount or Broder. Don't get me started on Broder. I think I said at the beginning of the year <laughs> that and, and that's sorry, Tom. Tom sorry, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> he hates me now. Um, but no, like he he's got everything about Hasek was wonderful like it was just guaranteed it was money in the bank but they never won a championship he it wasn't enough vasilevsky is basically all of that embodiment that hasek had plus the championships yeah. now it helps that the tampa bay lightning have a few other forwards whereas the buffalo sabers back in those days leading it was score hasek, was what and that was it it was it was all hasek basically you had pekka you had rob ray um you had a couple of the guys pa- had patty lafontaine stayed healthier maybe he would have met up with hasek at the right time and that would have been different but anyways this is this is vasilevsky's as far as i'm concerned right now this is vasilevsky's cup to lose the way he's playing i i have to agree with the way that team is playing and the way that goaltender's playing yeah so, somebody i mean it's an obvious statement, but somebody somebody's got to beat him for me to, for me to kind yeah. of get off get off that bandwagon right now. I'm 100%. I'm sorry. No matter who else you you know, sorry for any fans out there, uh, including you folks out there in Colorado. I'm telling you, there's right now, right, no right now, other goalie. Right, no, then right now there's no other team or goaltender in my personal opinion that is on the top of their game right now as the Lightning are, and that could be Not. a very very scary thing. Not Ranta, not Cumper, not Smith. Um, like, that's it. That's the list right now. Like, tell me it's not Vasilevsky's cup to lose. Look who he's up against. He's up against nobody. It's his to lose. And I'm positive he's got it in him to do it. Now, is it is it going to be enough when they play, let's say, Tampa? <laughs> We're already on to the Stanley Cup Finals, and it's Tampa, apparently. But let's say Tampa does make it to the finals. Um, you know, like, is there a chance that a team like an Edmonton or a Calgary can overtake them offensively? If forward to D, yeah, probably. I can see Colorado being too much for Tampa to handle. But that's where Vasilevsky comes in handy. Because I do think he can handle it. I think he'll be fine. We'll I have think the Tampa will do enough damage. Absolutely. And it, for Tampa, it's just about, you know, Wait, biding your time, waiting for that bright moment to strike, to not waste all your energy chasing Colorado around. Let them do their thing, and we'll wait because we've got Vasilevsky in the back, and we'll just, you know, we'll we'll give him as much coverage as we possibly can. But you know that in the end, Vasilevsky's got your back, and everything should be fine. But again, we're skipping right ahead here. We're assuming they've already beaten either Carolina or New York, who is the other series that we should talk about because that's going on tonight. Uh, is it right now? Seven or no? Six fifty-three. It's not. Oh, right we might now. we might be getting pretty close here. It's either seven or seven thirty start. So now, of all, in all honesty, who like forget about what we predicted? Who do you feel now? Well, be, before I forget, I just want to give a small shout out, if you don't mind. Then we'll jump right into the Canes and the Go Rangers ahead. here. We just okay. want both of us want to give a, a quick shout out to uh, Jason Spezza. Uh, and his retirement right. uh, over the past couple of days. Uh, listen, class act guy. Uh, we wish him, wish him nothing but the best in his new role with management. Uh, I was reading up a little bit on it today. It certainly sounds like he's going to be an ob- observer over the course of the first year. And then they're going to kind of figure out where he fits into the plans and whatnot. But uh, from what I understand, he's won- he's had this uh, kind of in the back of his mind for most of his playing days. So you know what? Good on him. Wish you nothing but the mm-hmm. best, Jason. And it was a great career. 
And it's certainly, uh, you know what, there's somebody who pointed out a, uh, a nice little stat. I think he's, I think he's just short of a thousand points or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. somebody was, you know, they were kind of saying like, you know, always the team player, never about individual stats, right? Or he just would have stuck around to hit the, the thousand, uh, thousand mark. So, you know, good on him. Uh, wish him nothing but the best. And uh, we'll see what uh, happens in uh, management in Toronto. Yeah, it, for sure. When he came out and said he still wanted to play, but he was only ever going to play for Toronto. Yeah. I mean, that pretty much told us all what was going on, what was going to happen. So I would have liked to see him play one more year. I think it was in him. I don't, I never agreed with how he got used, but I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in Jason Spezza's mind. Uh, maybe the infrequency to which they use him, because I feel that that's what happened. I think they should have used well, him bad. more. Um, but maybe that's, Maybe there's a reason there, and I don't know, and I'm not supposed to know, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, he's happy. You know, he's got the job he wants. His next, uh, like, his life is still is about to be rewritten in a different category. And, hey, and man. Uh, maybe his eyes for the management is exactly what Toronto needs. Well, that's what I was just going to say. That, and he's home. So, I mean, yeah. this guy, yeah. like, I mean, he's from the area. So, I mean, this is all uh, lining up exactly how he wanted it. So, you know, hey, listen. It's fun and, for him. And, and, and in all reality, I mean... Like I said, he's had this in the back of his mind for quite some time. So, I mean, he's mm -hmm. kind of you, you kind of have an idea this guy could potentially be a GM or something higher up uh, as we go along here. So, you know, good move on Toronto to uh, to lasso him in as well. So, you know, yep. it can't be a pretty good move on both parts in all reality. All right, um, let's do this. So yeah, so so Carolina and and the Rangers. So yeah, it starts at eight. All right. But, um, so what, I, what I'm going to just open with is say that Shesterkin absolutely came, uh, has come as advertised. I, yeah. I think that's safe to say. He has won them several games, um, and that's exactly what he needed to do coming into this. Uh, didn't have the greatest numbers in round one, but it's Shesterkin. He's, he's fine. Uh, he just, you know, a couple of uh, – Vasilevsky didn't play good in the first round either. Yeah. doesn't mean anything. As long as you win, that's all that matters, and uh, he's got their back. But – I personally, it's weird. Like, I want New York to win, but I think Carolina's going to win. That's where I'm at right now. Man, I'm telling you, and, and I know you had a chance to kind of read my write-up a little bit. First and foremost, I want to say, listen, I haven't watched every game of this series, okay? I've watched enough that what I have watched, to me, has been fairly entertaining and somewhat of a back-and-forth affair, with the slight edge, of course, going to Carolina. I know that they've held a lot of shot advantages and so on and so forth. Yeah. And I'm hearing a lot from the pundits out there that this has been somewhat of a kind of boring kind of series, uh, whatnot. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's something I'm missing. But all I can say is the games that, that, that I have watched or the, uh, the periods of games that I've watched um, have certainly been quite entertaining. And I will, I will come clean here and I will say... Okay. Um, you know how every playoff there's, you, you, you turn on the TV and that game's playing and you see the score and you're, and for whatever reason, you just automatically yell out in happiness or whatever the case is. So <laughs> this happens to, this happens to big Mike over here the other night yeah. when <laughs> game six Rangers MSG, and I think they were winning like three to one or whatever the hell it was when I turned on the TV and I'm like, Yes. Nice. And, I, and, and 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 I and I caught myself and I'm like, okay, so I'm oh, definitely that's how so, I feel. So, so I'm <laughs> so I'm definitely Rangers here, and yeah. I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it has a lot of bias to do with Shosturkin. That's my boy in the fantasy pool. Yeah. He yeah. basically helped me win a title this year. 
So you know what? I'm kind of kind of hitching my my ride to this guy. And and I don't know. There's like I really don't care. Like whoever comes out of this, I'm gonna like I'm backing. Like I I like both teams. I I'm mm-hmm. I'm interested in both teams. But there's just I don't know what it is about the Rangers or just. I have no clue what it is, but they caught think, me off guard the other night, and I was just like, what the hell? Honestly, like, there's a part of me that feel because I feel the same way, and I feel that part of the reason is because Carolina has not been exciting to me at all these playoffs, and I'm kind of bored with them. Like, their okay. leading scorer is, uh, you know, uh, two games under a point per game. Like, they're not that exciting to watch. I think their leading scorer's got five goals. Like, it's just boring hockey which doesn't matter because it gets the job done and actually i talk about this a little bit later on and please carolina fans don't get offended i do like your team i've said this several times before it's just right now i want to see the rangers play tampa bay more than i want to see carolina play tampa bay we want to do with goaltenders uh, well yeah actually yes that is a big plus 100 percent, and that's that's to me it's up there it's either one or two as the reason why i want to see it the other one is because i think there's a lot of star power on both teams that you could see some really exciting hockey from there not that carolina doesn't have that it's just that for whatever reason in these playoffs they're not winning because they're blowing people out they're winning because they're shutting people down there's a big difference and it's fine it gets the job done um again buffalo used to do it all the time but they never won a cup with it Eventually, you need to score some goals, and I don't think Carolina has kind of figured that out. I'm getting into it now. Is this, is this the time to get into this? I guess it is. Yeah, this is now. <laughs> so, like, it, it's not again. It's not that they they can't. They've got lots of skill over there. Just for whatever reason, they're not doing that. So, I think, yeah, because I want to be entertained. I want New York to win. I want well, Sabanja. I want Pandarin. I want Fox. I want Lafreniere. I want them all. I want to see this. Well, the thing for me, and, and, you know, there's some pretty telling numbers here in regards to Carolina and their home and road splits, and I'm sure that most of us uh, hockey fans have seen these over the past couple of days. So at home in these playoffs, 7-0, 3.57 goals for, a 1.14 goals against, a power play percentage of 19.2, a penalty killing percentage of 89.5. Now on the road, 0-6. Ugh. Where they're where they're scoring three point five seven at home, they're scoring one point six seven on the road. Where they're only giving up one point one four at home in goals against, it's four point three three on the road. Their power play goes from nineteen point two to four point two, and their penalty killing drops over twenty percent to sixty seven point nine. Like yikes, man! Such on, a on, big on, difference. And and I I think. The thing that is kind of pushing me to the... Listen, it's a game seven. It can go either way, like whatever. My prediction, in all honesty, tonight, the combination of confidence, momentum, and Igor Shosturkin, along with the fact that, I'm sorry, sooner or later, you can't keep going with those stats if you're Carolina. Like, yeah, maybe they can have it go one more game or even another game after that. But somewhere along the line, you're... You can hold the fortress at home for only so long, yeah. And and I and I get the feeling like Shosturkin, the way he's been playing here, if the Rangers kind of pop one early, say first period here, yeah, I feel the same way. 
I and just, I honestly think that is what's going to happen. I feel like Carolina's luck is about to run out because they've been leaning on the fact that they can hold someone for so long until they get one or two goals and then they win. Well, I think in this case, you're about to see Shesterkin shut them out. I would not be surprised. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm borderline calling Shesterkin a shutout tonight, and the Rangers are going to win like three nothing, and that's what's going to happen. And Carolina's you know, going to be left there shaking their heads, going, "Well, well, you know, what should we have done differently?" For one, having Anderson would have been a big deal. You, this would have been a much different series, although it's gone to seven games. Um, but still, I think this would have been a, a bit of a different type of series. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just see Shesterkin coming up with a shutout, and, I, and you know three, what? Like I'm, I said, three nothing. I'm certainly not sure about a shutout. Hey, listen, having said that, that can totally, totally play into tonight. And the reason I say that is because it's happen. Well, it, it now it's now it's a bit of a mental thing, I think, right? Because if we go back to that kind of Rangers taking a one nothing lead, then you've got now now you've got it in your head. Okay, now not not only do we have to score, we got to score against this yeah. guy, against this guy. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean... And this team. Well, I'm, you know, 1.68 goals against average and a 949 save percentage going into tonight. Uh, I I wouldn't mind that if I'm the Rangers, man. No. (laughs) I wouldn't mind it if if I'm the Rangers at all. I mean, that's certainly something that's going to probably even things out. If I'm being honest, I'd rather have Shesterkin and Nett for me in a Game 7 than Ranta. So I think the advantage is there. Look, it's going to be a good game. But I, I mean, whoever comes out of this, though, sorry guys, you're better be ready. Got, you got the lightning waiting for you, and they've been sitting there for the better part of a week. So, and yeah. I don't, and, and I, I don't necessarily see that being a bad thing for Tampa. Nope, nope, fully agree, Marty. Fully agree on that statement for sure because they needed a little bit of a a rest period, get a couple of these bumps and bruises out of the way, you know, try and get point back. And I don't know, man. It, it, it'll be inter- it'll be an interesting game tonight for sure. And uh, listen, we'll see who uh, who gets the. Uh, it's going to be lucky, a lucky bounce. Uh, That's what's going to win. It's going to be a lucky bounce. <laughs> the, the well, puck's going to take over because this team has been so close the entire so. series so. that it's it's going to come down to something very tight, obviously. So, but <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Goodness, sorry about that. All right, moving on. Did we? Did we? Uh, I'm a little all over the place right now. Did we actually cover Edmonton and Calgary or? Uh, no. So we're going to get into them right now, bud. All right. And I'm going to continue on what I was saying earlier. Wow. Wow. So, listen, I mean, I'm I'm not saying anything that most other people didn't feel. I didn't see this coming at all. And it was quite evident that for whatever reason, the Flames just weren't able to keep up to that pace, Marty. Really not. Like, it's kind of like, you know, McDavid was the, the sports car and... I'll say that maybe the Flames were the Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> like I, I, it was Dependable, just. A, but I don't so. know, man. The, the 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 little again, kind of bouncing between all these series a little bit. So I didn't I didn't didn't watch from start to finish. Yeah. But the hockey that I did see, that that's the one thing that really stood out to me is that the the Oilers were really pushing the pace, and I know the games were close. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there was two of them, if not three of them, that were in overtime or getting close. Yeah. But. I don't know, man. It it didn't look that close, Marty. Like, uh, Calgary like, came on in spurts. Like, they would have moments of, uh, dare I say, greatness. And I wouldn't necessarily say greatness. But they had, they had moments of, oh, there's Calgary. But then they would be gone for the rest of the game. And then it would come back. Oh, there, there they are. One good shift. One good shift there. 
oh, this line played well. And that's basically what it was. There was no consistency to it, just moments of greatness that came up every once in a while. Unfortunately, you can't do that in the playoffs. Um, that's definitely not enough. And you're, you got ousted in five games. Like, that's, that's what happens. Because right now, the Edmonton Oilers are a well-oiled machine. Um, they know... Yes, it's true. You know, McDavid went into, you know, what's after McJesus because it's that's what that's where he went. He went to that other level that, you know, is there another level? Yes, there's another level. McDavid does that. Uh, same thing with Dreisaitl, who actually had a better series than McDavid technically uh, points wise. Um, and then Hyman, who played amazing. And then Nugent Hopkins even stepping in. And oh, my God, Evander Kane, like, geez, Louise. This team isn't just McDavid and Dreisaitl. And that's what we kind of saw. It was driven by them. Let's not kid ourselves, though. Like, they're the driving force behind it. Um, yes, other players stepped in and, and plugged in and did their parts, too. But my goodness, it's it's the will of Dreisaitl and McDavid that is pushing this team forward. Um, and it's really impressive. It's exactly what Tort said you couldn't do uh, back at the beginning in the regular season. He said, well, you can't just pile the, the net in with, with goals in the playoffs. As it turns out, you kind of can't um, because that's kind of where Edmonton is. Um, yes, Smith is playing very, very well. But I got the feeling right now that like you could and it happened like you can have Smith not play very well. And this team can still pick up the pace and, and pick you up a couple extra, like two or three more goals on top of what they've already done. So. Sorry, Torts, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think this is exactly what Edmonton is doing. Well, listen, I mean, we were really critical. I mean, you in particular, you were super hard on your yes. others all the year. And I mean, you know what? I was kind yes. of right there. I was fairly critical of this team from, you know, potentially not making the playoffs to, you know, yeah. desperation and Evander. Now, listen, I, I have given the Oilers their due, and I'm going to do it again. This team has surprised me. No matter which way you want to look at it, and no matter how you think that roster is constructed, whatever you think of guys like a Duncan Keith, old, too slow. Listen, this club has shown a lot of resolve here over the past couple of weeks, man. Okay? Oh, yeah. This team, more, more than any other Canadian team, and really, for that matter, more than any other contender, was just thrown under the bus, left, right, and center. <laughs> hey, listen... By us included, and our listeners can go right back and listen to all those episodes. We threw, yeah. we, and and when I say throw them under the bus, they deservedly needed to be there at that time. Oh yeah, but yeah. just as much as I'm going to be all over them for desperation and Evander Kane and the whole all everything that went down this year, I'm going to give them the rightful due. That against the Flames, Battle of Alberta, and. A little side note that I want to throw in here before I forget. I don't. I can't remember which game it was. I, uh, well, it was the game that Lucic hit uh, Smith, and Smith went out of the game. Okay. And I'm only mentioning this because these are the types of things that can galvanize your team and galvanize not only the team, but the fan base around it. And pardon me for my French here, folks, but, folks, but when that motherfucker walked back out onto the ice Smith did in that game. Did you hear that crowd? That crowd went absolutely fucking insane. Okay? For that guy. I wa yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if this is another side note to the side note. I'm sitting <laughs> on Twitter 
and some guy put uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin music to him, kind of, you know, when Stone Cold would walk out. They, <laughs> they put it to Smith walking back out, right? JR's going nuts. Anyway, I won't get into too much of the wrestling. That's that's kind of a an us thing. That's I good. won't get too much too much into that on this podcast. That's, good. that's for my wrestling. That's, good, that's for my wrestling podcast next week. That's yeah. <laughs> follow fo- follow between broomball follows the broomball podcast absolutely. <laughs> but I mention all that Marty because and listen, this is your team. That I'm not saying that because Mike Smith walks out from the tunnel that they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Okay, but I'm going to tell you something. If they can manage to continue this thing and they do march to the cup. And Marty, if for some weird, in some weird world that the Edmonton Oilers are your Stanley Cup champion, that's going to be a moment, man. Because, like, this guy comes, I'm sorry, I haven't heard, and I I don't know if it's me, maybe I didn't watch the right game, but I haven't heard an Edmonton crowd like that in all year. Now, granted, I don't watch, I I don't watch every Edmonton game. Not alone, a lot of people talk about the crowd that day. Uh, that, That was, that was pretty that was pretty impressive. Uh, Smith has been pretty impressive. You can say whatever you want with the numbers. You can say whatever you want. At this time of year, he's cut- he's winning hockey games, okay? That's it. That, that's that's it. all that's all I need. I need you to win the hockey game. I don't give a shit if it's 6-4. Actually, I'm going to go one further. He's not necessarily winning the hockey games. He's just making sure you've got a chance got to win. It. And with this team, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's all he ever has to do is just do enough for us to have a chance to win, and we will win this game for you. That is exa- and that's completely fine. And that's exactly what you and I have been saying all year. All you've been wanting yeah. as a fan of that team, Marty, is you just want him to be – Give you know what? Give me a chance, bud. Give me a That's chance it. for McDavid or Drysaddle to go down the ice and work some. Mm-hmm. Give me the chance, bud. That's it. Give me give give me two fifty or even fucking two ninety, and you know nine twelve. I'll take that. Hey, Amen. That's a chance. You you've got the team that can weather that. Oh God, yeah. So oh my and, God. So listen. I mean, I won't I won't uh, bury this into the ground here with the Oilers, but rightfully this team should be getting full credit. Full credit. That's a battle of oh, yeah. that's a battle of Alberta, man. Okay, so emotions yeah. are high. Everything's high. You saw how how uh, it affected McDavid when he scores that goal. To, to uh, he mm-hmm. he did end it right. He ended. Yeah, he did. Oh, end, yeah. yeah, he did end the series. Oh yeah. Okay. When I mean yeah. when you see his emotion there, that's that's what you want, man. That that that's a lot of years and a lot of playoff disappointments coming out when he's pumping those fists, yeah. man. And you know what? Oh, he yeah. deserves it. We deserve what we're going to get as fans with the Avalanche next up. Yes. Oh, so you know what? Edmonton, good on you. Edmonton fans, buckle up because it's going to be a fun ride, man. And I want to say to be very clear, for as much as we were talking about how Calgary, you know, where did they go? What happened to this team in the playoffs? And they disappeared and that kind of stuff. As much as that is true because it is true, Calgary really didn't show up to this game or this series, right? especially Markstrom. But make no mistake of it, Edmonton had to had to stay sharp the entire the entirety of that series because absolutely had Calgary found a hole in that team they are good they were still good enough to expose that hole and take advantage of a moment and then just rob you of any momentum that you've got. So Edmonton, for as much as Calgary may not have shown up, Edmonton won this series. It's not that uh, Calgary lost it; Edmonton earned this, and they earned it by. By playing very, very cohesive, sound, fun, very, very fun hockey, 
Watch the Oilers and the Avs play. This is going to be so much fun to watch. So much talent. People doing things that you're not used to seeing at all. As a uh, veteran of someone who's been watching hockey for over 40 years to the guy who just picked it up this year or yesterday. Watch that series. We've been saying this about a bunch of different series. I think this is the one I mean the most. The other ones you missed out, fine. I don't care. But watch this one. And if you don't, I'll be angry. This is the one. Absolutely. Oh, my God. It's going to be so much fun. Dude. McKinnon and McDavid? I Dude. Like, listen, two offensive juggernauts. Um, Too good. You know, good. listen, I, I would probably give the, the, the defensive game uh, at least depth anyway uh, to Colorado probably. And I would... You know, I'd, yeah, I'd arguably have yeah. I would arguably have to give the goaltending a little edge to Colorado as well. But yeah. but, but listen though, I mean, he, what, what did we what did we just say about the Oilers in the last round? Markstrom has got an edge over Smith. The defense has got an uh, an advantage. Blah 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 blah. So true. We're saying the same goddamn thing. So, yep. having said all yep. of that, I mean, it Marty, you, you you couldn't put it any better. It, it's just going to be a special series. Great, yeah. great players, uh, you know, depth and, and like us, not just, you know, one star player, like you're getting some really good depth and, and star oh, players yeah. from both of these teams. Uh, yeah. Look, I mean, Colorado is looking to break through after a number of years. Edmonton fans just want to keep going deep into the playoffs because they haven't really been around the playoffs in the past 15 years. So <laughs> listen, you got two motivated fans and fan bases. Let's have at this, man. Like, let's get this Western Conference final on the go. I, I, I can't wait to see this, man, because this is definitely going to be one of those up-and-down series, I think. Uh, you're, you're not going to yeah. get a lot of kind of plugging and sluggish hockey. I think this could be no. a bit of a horse race back a, and a forth. A lot of goals. I think so, Marty. I think there's going to be... I think there's going to be a lot of goals. There's going to be like 6-5 games um, more than there's going to be 2-0 uh, games. Uh, I don't think there's a single 2-0. Nobody gets shut out at all. This is going to be a They're lot too of potent. They're just too potent offensively. They're way too... Uh, and and again, no offense to either of those goalies, but neither of those those goalies yeah. are capable of stealing a game from that much talent. Yeah. Only Vasilevsky could do something like that. Possibly Shosturkin. Yeah, I mean, well, that, those are the only two. But and that's what I, I was see them for a while. And that's what I was just going to say. The star power in regards to the goaltending is more than likely going to be in the East, if anything. There, in particular, yes, in particular, yeah. if the Rangers can push through, and you got Vasi and and Shosturkin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's where the heavy hitters are going to be. But you know what, like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, if the Rangers do, well, whoever pulls through with the Rangers and, and Carolina, that'll be a nice series against the Lightning. But let's really call it what it is here. The marquee matchup is definitely going to be that Western Conference. You know, how you can say that the, the, the oh, East yeah. was great all year and they had better teams and, you know, maybe better players or whatever the case, more 100 point teams. Yeah. You can say all of that. But the marquee matchup yeah. coming up here is definitely going to be Colorado and Edmonton. And man, I said it earlier, like, buckle up, man. Like, this is going to be a fast series, man. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Well, if if I if I was a betting man, this would be actually one series I wouldn't bother at all. I, I'm not sure you can bet on, the, on these games. They're so volatile. Both of these teams can just go off. Like, if it happens where we see, like, a 12-goal game for one team, <laughs> and the, well, I mean, the, the game ends 12-11, I'm not sure I would be surprised. See, and, and the thing... I should be surprised. And the thing for me is, like, obviously everybody has seen Edmonton as kind of offense, 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 and not really too keen defensively. Now, having said that, by the way, their, their penalty killing isn't really that bad. I think it's like in an 85% or whatever. So, again, 
And another reason to kind of like what the others are doing here, uh, you know, even I have seen them as a lower than an 85% penalty killing team. So, yeah. I mean, Oilers are doing good things here. And I think there's a lot of things that um, aren't being talked about maybe enough. And I think their penalty killing it should be uh, one of those areas. I mean, you know, this is a team that isn't really known for great defensive hockey. They can score on you quite a bit, but not no, really known defensively. And I, that kind of goes a little bit with the Avalanche as well. I do think that the Avalanche have a little bit more depth on defense. Um, maybe, yeah. You know what? I'll say more depth. Maybe a little bit more name recognition, sort of. But to me... But to me, it comes down to what are you doing for me, though? Like, you can have all the name recognition you want. You can be, quote-unquote, deeper than the other team as much as you want to be. But, dude, the Oilers are getting it done. Like The Oilers are, not their defense. Uh, their defense are getting it done in a different way. Exactly. You know what? That's the best with, way to put with, it. <clears throat> yeah, like, they're you, you can rely on them, absolutely. They're, your, they're a solid anchor back there, but not you do have to give the edge to Colorado just because as much as, you know, McCarr and Taze uh, and uh, Bowen, these guys can all, you know, score and be dangerous offensively. Um, they can hold the fort too. And that's why they've got that edge. See now Colorado and Edmonton have a lot of similarities, but when it, when you break this team down, I think the difference ends up being um, that defensive core in Colorado that can, you know, kind of go Bobby Orr on you. And that's like that to have that extra weaponry. Edmonton doesn't have any way of answering with that. Darnell Nurse is not that. Bouchard is not that. You know, Bouchard's having a good playoffs, fine. But they don't have a car. <laughs> they don't have a car. They don't have a taze. They don't really. Well, they've, they kind of have a um, uh, Gerard, but Gerard's currently out. But anyways, you know what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. Like they, they, they've got some people who can hold their own, but in the end, I think that edge goes to Colorado. So I do think, uh, hoping, hopefully, it goes to seven games and Edmonton, you know, can have some fun in there. But I, I don't know. It's gonna be hard for Edmonton to win. You know what? Colorado should win this series. But I'm, look, and and, and I probably would have said that, uh, you know, steadfastly before uh, the Oilers did what they did to the Flames. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I I'm really yeah. sorry. Like, I, I. Marty, they got by the Oilers in seven games, okay? And I said to myself, here we fucking go again. Like, the Oilers just can't hammer this home. Even yeah. even when they won the seventh game, I'm just like, why did it take you seven games? And then yeah. I sat there and I'm like, god damn, you got the Flames? Battle of Alberta, yeah. not much. Like, <laughs> like you know, I, Marty, I'll be honest with you. Like, I know you're an Oilers fan, but I really kind of said to my... I mean, if I was being honest with you, I'd have said that, like... Sorry, dude. It ends in the second round this year. Like you're not going to. Yeah. And and and, and that's what and, I said. And look what they do to them. Like it's dude. It was four to. One. I don't care how close the games were. When it came down to getting business done, the Oilers got yeah. it done. And and, and if that, you watch the games, the Oilers had the energy yes. early on, and they, they never felt like they were losing it or that it was slipping away. Like that was the impressive part in their barn, exactly in and, Calgary's barn. Like, and oof. and that's why earlier I gave the Oilers full credit because, listen, we shot on these guys all year long nah. for what was going on, desperation. Yeah. This, that, the other thing, 
and you come but in. Listen, hey, let's be clear here. Had Edmonton been playing like this all year long, we wouldn't have been shitting on them. This is a different team. Uh, it, we shat on them when we did uh, because they deserve it. Absolutely. Just as much as I'm going to give them their credit when they do something like that. Right now. Like, listen, yeah. all, all I'm going to say is this. I'm not giving a prediction of this series because of what Edmonton just did to, to, the, to the Calgary Flames, okay? <laughs> listen, yeah. I, I'm not going to be the silly guy that says, oh, you know what, Edmonton may be able to give them a go. Boom, 4 nothing, Colorado. No. I'm, I am going to be the guy on the fence today. <laughs> I am not giving you any <laughs> prediction, and it has everything to do with the way the Oilers played the Flames. Because I'm sorry. I, here I am saying... I, I, here I am earlier this year talking about the Flames and Colorado and how the Flames, I think, will, yeah. will take care of Colorado and defense will beat offense yeah. and the blah, 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 blah. Boom. Sorry, dude. I I am buying what Edmonton is selling. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that wins you the next round. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm in. Like, what yeah. you did to the Flames, like, listen, wasn't into you with the Kings, wasn't into much of what you were doing during the regular season. What you just did to the Calgary Flames... I am in. Now you sold me. Let's see what happens in the next round. But if the Oilers continue to play the way the Oilers have been playing, and I mean that particularly in the second round, obviously, Colorado, you're going to have your hands a little more full than you expect if the Oilers can continue to play the way they're playing. Now, of course, you and I both know that the Avalanche can force you out of playing that way but i don't know man i i i like what edmonton has has going on i like what would i just I, right now i'm liking the vibe i think right now for me it's not even the, the team's playing great they're playing some good hockey they're playing pro arguably the best hockey marty that they played all year but for me there's this vibe going on and i'll go back to the mike smith thing crowd going nuts stone cold steve austin glass shattering like this i just get a feeling right now with these teams and we've seen this before marty with other teams some of them were destined to be that team because they were the president's trophy some of them like the kings back in what 2012 was it come from an eighth seed right now i'm just getting this kind of really really kind of close-knit tight-knit uh, kind of vibrate now with with this with this uh, this team and the fan base. I don't know, man. I'm just getting a vibe with this Edmonton team right now. I don't know where that's going, but it's a good vibe. <laughs> well, I think I think finally this team has found something to sort of rally around. Mm -hmm. And I, <clears throat> I'm not. I don't necessarily mean it's the coach that they're rallying around, but the coach is the one that brought that in. It, the coach found something to give this team something to rally around. And whatever that is, it's, they now have that cohesiveness where you can feel like this, this team is playing for each other rather than playing with each other. So that's a big difference because when you're in the playoffs, you need to play for each other, not just with each other. So, and that's what this team has that they didn't have in the regular season. Yeah. I want to say that there's another level for McDavid. I do feel as much as the, the Battle of Alberta was the was the driving force behind McDavid finding yet another notch up, which, my God, did he ever, and it's always impressive. I feel now that he's, you know, this close to it, I feel that he's feeling it even more, more than the Battle of Alberta. And I don't think he saw that coming. I, I don't, personally, I don't think I felt it coming either. 
Look, what happens when you're when you're into the East, uh, the Western Conference Finals, McDavid? Like, what happens when you're there? Because you haven't been there yet. What is the Western Conference Finals version of Connor McDavid? Oh my God! Tell me that doesn't sound exciting. Well, I I will. T- it does sound exciting, absolutely. And I will tell you this: when he scores that goal to end the series against the Flames, okay? Oh. And dude, he drops to you got it. He drops to one knee. Fuck. You, I don't listen. Maybe I read too much into things, and 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 I'll be the first to admit it if that's the case. But you know what that showed me? Like when he's pumping his fit, you can there is a raw emotion there, and what I saw in that was one word: hunger. I, oh. I, I, dude, he's got he's gone video game mode, bud. Him and Drysite, well, him and Drysite have gone video that game will, mode, right? Dude, I'm telling you. The I, whole I, team is wearing it. I, I can't remember which game it was. He comes around the net. He comes around the net. Puts one on net. Saved by Markstrom or whatever it is. He gets a second chance and he pots it in. I, I Again, I wish I could remember what oh, game. I want to say maybe game two around. or game three. Yes, kind of comes around the net. It was it was an overtime goal maybe yeah. or, or, or yep. late in the game. Well, it was the one where he came out to the center of the ice. Y- and you got, the, yeah, and, that was the first one. But but my point of that whole play is, did you see the will? Well, he he wasn't going to be denied. Yes. He wasn't going to be. There's, no. He didn't give a shit. He didn't game. give a shit what was going to happen with that play. The puck was going into the back of the net. End 100%. of story. That's it. Now, this all encompasses what I'm talking about in regards to vibes, in regards to just the, 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 this feeling that I have with this team. I don't know. You can t- you can say it's the coach. You can say it's McDavid going into video game mode. You can say it's Mike Smith with glass shattering, Stone Cold Steve, whatever. I, I don't care. <laughs> it's the will to win. It's the will to win. It's that. It's and then we talked about that with other great players. When you have that on your side, fighting with you, you are an extremely dangerous team, and that's what it is. Everybody on this team is wearing the will to win. Look at the way Hyman's playing. Oh my God! Getting like, I mean, that that's his game, though. Like he always does that. But man, oh man, is he ever shining right now? Because he's willing the puck in. He's got eight goals. Now. And and if it wasn't for Kane, he'd be right up there. In the, he actually he's got more goals than either McDavid or Drysdale. They have seven. He's got eight. And and that's it. That's the thing, though. They're all wearing. And one thing I want to I want to say before I forget, we were all listen. I still I'm still not a fan of Evander Kane. I'm not. And to a certain extent, with some of the well, with all of the bullshit that he's done over his career, Marty, I, I am I, I will hold steadfast that I don't know if he should be in the NHL. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now he is in the NHL. And I will say this about that signing. Money. Yeah. I, I Marty, I can think whatever I want. Good about. signing, Ken Holland. I, I can say whatever I want about this guy. That right there. I mean, yep. I, I don't think I don't think Edmonton is where the, and I don't think they they're where they are, Marty, no. without him. And it's and I and I and no. I gotta go back to what I said when they first brought him in. He is going to offer you a physicality that, in my personal opinion, was missing on this club in one way, shape, or form. I'm not saying there wasn't some here and there. Maybe Hyman bangs a body or two. But this guy's known for crashing bodies. He's a big boy. He's always been physical. Again, I don't like him. Period. I don't even know. I don't even think he should be in the league. But he is. And he is getting the job 
done. Flat out. That's it. That's it. So, yeah. and honestly, he's he's a better complement to McDavid's yes, game than anybody else that I've then seen. Say like McDavid. a Yamamoto, because I know they, I know that you know there was aspirations. Yeah. Of, well, they tried Yamamoto. They just tried for the speed Hyman, part of it, they right? They tried yeah. yeah, but it's not enough. Mm-mm. You need not just the speed. You need some sort of. You almost need a counterpart to what McDavid brings, which is what Kane brings. Yeah. He, he brings not an identical set of skills, but something that's kind of opposite, but still has the speed. So Kane's a little bit dirty, a little bit in your face. What you want? And that kind of that kind of fits McDavid's as a compliment. Very apparently, very very well. Because my goodness, some of these passes. Huh. I mean, McDavid's making them look easy, but Kane's got to finish them. Somebody's got to bury it. Kane's got to be ready for that pass, yeah. and he is, and he's finishing. He is burying every single time. So he's very cool, calm, and collected. He's not thinking in his head, oh, my God, I got a pass from Connor McDavid. He's thinking, this is, this is bury this it. better fucking go in. Just bury the puck and everything will be fine. But he'll keep feeding you like a baby. Wait. I'm not going to waste this. This is going to be amazing. Yeah, and it's, it has been. Honestly, it's been such amazing hockey to watch. Um, it's ugh, so much fun. It, it, will, it um, will be a great series, that's for sure. That's, yeah. Did So do we even talk about Colorado and St. Louis? Cause well, we, it's pretty obvious. Well... <laughs> I mean, we didn't, and all I've got to say, no. uh, all I've got to say, really okay. about this series, is look. I mean, the Avalanche pushed through the, to the uh, third round. Um, they've been waiting for this for quite a while. It was a bit of a stubborn Blues team, I will say that. I, yeah. I mean, I don't really have a whole bunch of flashy stats for you, anything like that. I mean, Colorado did what they were supposed yeah. to do. They yeah. they were supposed to take this series. You know, listen, we, we love the Blues. We, we've got an affinity for the Blues, just like the, the Wild in the series before that. But, but I mean, in all reality, Colorado's on that mission. They're kind of on a, a little bit of a mission like the Oilers are here. It's kind of a head-to-head. I mean, yeah, when Bennington went down, I think that was probably a little bit of the turning point in the series, in all honesty, which is really weird to say. Anyway, just with the year that yeah. the Blues had in their goaltending situation, it's weird yeah. to kind of say they lost the series because Bennington was out. But anyway... It is what it is. He's going head-to-head with McDavid. But hey, listen, I think that's how, from a Blues perspective, I think that's how you look at this as a win because Bennington was able to figure it out and you're left at the end of the season saying, God, I wish we had him in Nets. Well, you know what? Good news. That guy who you're like, I cannot believe we signed to a new contract. Got his game back. Who was stinking up the joint and lost his his, uh, number one role. Got it back by the end of the playoffs. That's a win for you. So you're actually St. Louis. Consider that not a Stanley Cup, but consider that something to look forward to for next year. Rather than going into next year, going, you know what? We're not going to have Huso and Bennington sucks. What? You're not you're not now. You've got nothing to worry about. You've got a really good team who's got it all together. You know, take this as a learning experience. Make sure you sign somebody good to take some pressure off of uh, Bennington for the for the next season. But you know it's a good. thing. I mean, at the very least, like you're saying, I mean they know that he can find his game. So at the very least, your anxiety kind of lowers a little bit with this with yeah. this now going to be five years left next September here yeah. uh, for Bennington. But you know what? I mean, I, I don't know if this series kind of went any differently than maybe we would have expected. I mean, I know we were getting pretty close to a game seven and then, you know, basically Colorado goes down the ice pots when and ends it. Um, so I came out of nowhere. So, you know, it, 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 it was a good showing from the blues is what I'm trying to say. And I just, I, sure. and I just don't think you had the offensive punch to keep going with these guys. So, 
That's I mean, it. it is what it is, and you know, you lose a good you, team. You lean on some, yeah. You lean on some of your younger guys. I mean, Maybe that inexperience is what showed up. I mean, up. Christ, Marty, if you're the St. Louis Blues, how can we're okay? Disappointment, I get it. Like you know, it's gonna take a little bit of time to wear off and whatever. I'm sorry, dude. Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, thank you. Like, yeah. w- w- yeah, like let's just move on here. Like, I mean, it, it, you know, it, we're not okay. at the bottom of the barrel here. You got a lot of good stuff going on not down there. So, and it, we'll be back next year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, Tampa Bay and the Florida Panthers. I'm gonna get into this real quick. You got into it last week, but I all I want to say is this. I know that this was already talked about last week, the whole nine yards, but championship mode, whoa, man. Like, honestly, that was that's a flip of a switch, man. Like, from that Leaf series to this, I don't know, man. To me, it's a team that just seems focused on one thing, and that's a three-peat. And I know, and I know, it's been said, that John Cooper has talked to that team and has basically said, listen, yeah. I'm not putting pressure on you to win a three-peat, but let, let's let's call this what it is. In today's NHL, that's a dynasty. Mm. That's a dynasty. Yep. So listen, you guys can do something special here. They got all the experience in the world from top to bottom. And I mean core, core pieces have gone through what's going to be a third round here of Stanley Cup playoffs. Deep, deep. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know what? In regards to that four-game series, impressive. That is all. Period. Done. Definitely, definitely impressive uh, statement, um, you know, putting everybody on notice. But also, I take the shock value out of it. Holy shit, that was boring. Like, honestly, Florida, they, they didn't show up. It, it made the series, you know, Battle Florida. What Battle Florida? There's no Battle Florida. It, There's the Tampa Bay Lightning and then some other team. It, it, like, And that's all it was. It looked, honestly, it was like a, the a basketball equivalent of the Harlem Globetrotters. I mean, to, to put it in perspective, really, for any listeners out there who don't get a chance to watch uh, uh, enough hockey, Tampa Bay was in such in such championship mode. They made the Florida Panthers look bad. They literally the made the Florida winning yeah, team. They made the Florida Panthers look bad, and that in itself is quite a statement with the season that Florida had. So, the only thing that I can really chalk this up to, and and maybe there's something else. Maybe I maybe one, maybe if we ever get a chance to do a deep dive on this, maybe we'll find something out. But I, th- I really think this. I, th- I really think it comes down to this, Marty. Yes, th- they've had players that have been in league for a while, Hubert or Barkov. But how many times have this has this Florida Panthers team been in the playoffs? And how many times have they really? You know, there's being yeah. in the playoffs, and then there's being in the playoffs against the championship mode Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Like they put Marty, they put on a clinic. They put on you got Tampa, Tampa Bay put on a clinic in that series, and I mean, I, I don't know what what more to say other than that. Like that was just flat out impressive by Tampa. Bay. Yeah, and it, it, honestly, I, it's like I said earlier. At this point, it's Vasilevsky's cup to lose, as far as I'm concerned. Um, no, not that the rest of the team isn't playing great, and you can make an argument for you know one or two players. Kucherov playing really, really well. Hedman, you mentioned earlier as well too. 
but I do feel like <clears throat> specifically this is Vasilevsky's cup to lose because I feel like those players can disappear and the team can still win. And it's because of Vasilevsky. Whereas if Vasilevsky disappears, this team's probably going to lose. If, Vas- if Vasilevsky from round one shows up against whoever it is that they end up playing against, I don't see Tampa Bay being able to keep up. Well, geez, you, I don't. I, you almost want. You almost got to say to yourself, "Geez, if Vasilevsky didn't turn it around in the second round, what, what are we talking about?" That's a different series. You know what I mean, I think Florida. Like it almost could. Yeah, it Florida almost could have completely flipped. I'm not saying I have a hard time thinking that Tampa Bay would be swept, but I also thought that Florida wouldn't be. Oh, either. yeah. So no. it could kind of flip both ways, but. I think had you had Vasilevsky show up, or sorry, not show up, and, and really not have that great of a season, similar to uh, the round one, um, then I think what you end up seeing is something what Florida did to, or how they were able to handle uh, Washington. You see something so like where it goes seven games, and you're like, Jesus, any one of these teams going to play well? Because yeah. the Washington series was boring too. Like it, it just didn't, it was sloppy hockey. And uh, not that great. And, yeah, I think it was Andrew Berkshire who said, Jesus, how bad was Washington <laughs> when Florida lost? <laughs> they just didn't seem to find their footing all playoffs. And I think that that yeah. kind of started right from the Washington series and kind of continued right through to yeah. the Tampa Bay series. And, well, you, listen, I, if you're Florida or if you're a Florida fan, the one maybe positive I could take away from this is now, of course, you probably want to try and bring back the band to be able to do this, yeah. but all those great teams have to stumble first, right? Before winning the cup. I mean, that's usually the yeah. way it happens. And maybe this is Florida stumbling, just like uh, Tampa Bay yeah. against uh, Columbus a couple of years back before they started winning the cup. That's true. They got swept for nothing. Come back hungrier. Exactly. Yeah. So you got to kind of, th- hopefully that that's the case for Florida, but I, I mean, Hey, in September, yeah. October, we'll start to see what the deal is. Yeah. All right, and uh, and so <clears throat> now we're into the last segment of the night, the Beauties and the Beasts, which, um, actually, you know what, because you weren't here last week, I will let you start it off. Sounds good. And you get right into your boys. Let me see if I can rifle this sucker off. Well, listen, first off, Pew. he is, uh, it's a little bit biased, but uh, it's my boy. It's my boy, Shishterkin. Had a rough... You better get a jersey soon. Oh, dude, I swear to God, I'm buying this goddamn jersey. <laughs> I'm all over this guy. Christmas present. Oh, yeah. I'll get you Christmas. Oh, thanks, buddy. So after a, f- a rough one. first round uh, against Pittsburgh, I mean, they, Pittsburgh kind of had their way with him. The guy's been all world in the second round, sporting 168 GAA to go along with a 949 save percentage. Uh, I mean, in my person particular eyes, he's extended the uh, the season for the Rangers. I mean, I don't. I think if Shosturkin's not around, I think the series is probably over in all reality. But you know what? He's stolen some games and kept him in there. I mean, his brilliance is giving the Blue Shirts a type of goaltending that wins your playoff series flat out quite frankly the guys yeah. stolen games that the rangers had no business in winning and in all reality and we've said this time and time again marty you can have a team that has no business winning that series but if your goaltender is hot for seven to ten days it can be a great equalizer and that's exactly what he is right yeah, now yep. for the rangers and i will say if the rangers do come out uh, on top in game seven i'm pretty sure shesterkin's name is going to be all over it so uh, oh, you know, yeah. Absolutely. keep an eye on him for tonight's game. He could be, he's trending to be a first star, definitely a star for sure. Uh, really quickly. And I don't have any flashy numbers in regards to this. This is more of an eye test for me, but boy, oh boy, am I ever impressed with Seth, Seth Jarvis out in uh, Carolina. The guy, the yep. guy is now, Very the guy much. is now on the first power play unit. I'd have to double check if he's still there, 
But he, he replaced uh, Sveshnikov on that unit. And I don't know, dude. Like, this guy's been top, top six minutes all year. He's gotten power play time all year. I believe uh, he has played some penalty kill this year. I'm not 100% on that, but I believe he has. And I don't know, man. All I have to say about this guy, this is just going to be another great cog for that uh, Hurricanes team. Great player. I mean, he's got the trust of the coaching staff. So that's why you're getting these top six minutes. They're not giving it to you otherwise. So I got to say, for uh, for a first-round pick here a couple of years back, this kid's really, uh, really <coughs> been impressive all year long. And uh, he's impressing me even more in the playoffs because his play has certainly not dropped off in any way, shape, or form. That's for sure. 20 years. Yeah, man. Years yeah, old. man. He's, crazy. he's pretty young. So, you know, good on the Canes. Uh, great, uh, great view of talent, and I, I think they got another keeper here in uh, in Seth Jarvis. So a little bit. So uh, little we'll bit. see. Uh, we'll see how it kind of plays out here the rest of the uh, the rest of the postseason for him specifically, and of course for the Canes here with uh, Game Seven here on Monday night. And my last one will be Mister Drysital. And all I have to Good say about song. this guy is seven goals, nineteen assists. 26 points, injured ankle. That's, That's it. it. What more do you want from this fucking guy? 20 assists. Like he, he, okay, you know what? I'll let me, let me make a phone call, bud. Let me make a phone call. But I, listen, I, 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 I'm really impressed. Uh, I, I'm really impressed. Leader. Um, I don't know how Leader. bad I don't, hey, buddy, oh, loving man. it, loving the word. Jesus. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't know how bad that injury is. I really don't. No, uh, it could be uh, it could be something that he's able to play through quite easily. Whatever the case may be, Marty, it's injured. Yeah, exactly. And he's still scoring at the same pace as McDavid. Yeah. So listen, I, I I don't know what to say about either. I, I mean, I, I wanted to pool them both together, but I mean, I had to give uh, Drysaitel his due. I mean, since I, I believe it was fairly early in that. Uh, uh, Los Angeles series that we heard about this injury. So this has been yeah, uh, we're talking about a good five, six, seven yeah. game. Like we're talking about this guy's been through some wars Seriously, here with yeah. this ankle over the last little yeah. while. So you know all I have to say is good on the guy. Uh, well deserved. Well deserved. No excuses. McDade. Well, I'm doubly impressed, Marty, because you've got. McDavid, he gets all the press, Man. all the press, and I know Drysdale gets some too. But my God, dude, like, what friggin' more do you want from this guy? <laughs> like, just sco scores for you, you know, shows up with the injury. Yeah. I, I don't know, and and then and then of course both guys going into. I'm I'm sorry, it's video game yeah. mode. They're on another yeah. level, man. They're on another level, and all these guys. Yeah. And I I don't know. It's just it, for me, good on him. And all of it in 12 games played by 26, 26 and 12, yeah. In 12. It's like, okay, all right. Like, NHL, what? 2022, let's go. They need go. their own league. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, of course, my beast this week is going to be one Jacob Marshall. Yeah. Listen, had a great, great first series sure. against Dallas. Put up put up some great numbers. Yes, uh, you know, wasn't much scoring, obviously. But I don't know, man. As soon as... It, it it wasn't even great in that in that first uh, game where they won no. and they took the Oilers nine six, dude. No. It just stunk from the word yeah. go. That was not good at all. And 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 to me, 
on an overall, Mike Smith just flat yeah. out outplayed Jacob Markstrom. Oh, yeah. Like that 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 statement, that statement right there is is quite telling. Yeah. Like Markstrom just missed the boat in this friggin' series, man. And, and, and I get that, uh, you know, some of that has to do with the lack of offense. Yeah. I get it. And his team but, not but necessarily the, doing a great job in containing what Edmonton was firing at them. Granted. But some of the goals granted, were... But he didn't been, look no, right. Some of the goals should have been saves, yeah. which then deflates the team and then does other damage. Yeah. Like when you miss... Uh, goals you're supposed sorry when you yeah when you miss pucks that are supposed to be saved and they turn into goals you've deflated your team now and that's and again it's not all on markstrom though like again his team no, no, around no. him just couldn't find an answer whether it is to retaliate with the, their own offense or try to put a kibosh to the the, the dynamic yeah. four five players that they had like it's a tall order but it's the playoffs yeah and you're supposed to do that i mean it, it, I mean, it's just a case where he didn't help out his own cause in any way, yeah. shape, or form, yeah. right? Like, I mean, the offense, the offense was basically non-existent, at least from the the, the big three. Yeah. I mean, defensively, like you're saying, I mean, you know, it's always it's always quite a uh, quite a task to you know take care of these two guys. One guy can beat you with speed, and then the other guy can just bowl over you like a bull in a yeah. china shop. So, I mean, good luck. You're kind of getting you're kind of getting the worst of both worlds, the best of both worlds, if you're an Oilers yeah. fan. Yeah. But I mean. I mean, it, he just—he just didn't look yeah. right. He—he he didn't look right in that second round series, and didn't look the same. unfortunately, because of it, it was over in a hurry. Yeah. And that's it. And like you know, uh, take it as experience and and move on. And you'll still be that. You'll be there. You'll you'll come back next year, and and hopefully you remember that feeling, and you don't do it again. Those were hurtful feelings. <laughs> My feelings were hurt. That's how bad they played. That's how, and that's how good Edmonton played. They hurt the other team's feelings. <laughs> I, I'm sure some feelings were hurt yes. in that Calgary dressing room. Yes, yes. sir. <laughs> man. All right, big man. All right. Who you got this week for us, All right, bud? I got Mr. Adam Fox. When your team needs you the most, will you show up? And quite frankly, that's Adam Fox. He is that player. He's on cruise control right now. Plugging at roughly 25 minutes a game is just insane. But that's what happens in the playoffs. Like you lean on those players that want it, that can handle it, and and seemingly do the best within those types of moments when they come up. So that's Adam Fox, and quite frankly, sixteen points in thirteen games, he's got four goals out of there. So he's tied for third, tied with another guy that I'm going to talk about in a second. But he's tied for third in the league right now for points. He's got sixteen and thirteen, like I mentioned. He's only behind Leon Dreisettle and Connor McDavid. So is the rest of the world, but that's fine. So if really the number one spot starts at Adam Fox, because you don't count McDavid and Dreisettle, they're higher up. So they got their own stats. It's them. It's McDavid versus Dreisettle. But in the rest of the league, Adam Fox is leading the league. Not bad. Well, I mean, with, with Fox, I mean, the nice thing about it is he's such a vital part of how yep. the Rangers play, yep. right? So look, I'm he... he he wouldn't necessarily have to have the points to make that happen. No. But when you, when but when you see the production, you automatically know how things are going for the yeah. team. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of part and parcel a little bit. So, I mean, great on the kid. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad. I'm really happy he's doing well in the playoffs because regular seasons are regular seasons. Playoffs is where some of these guys really make their Adam name. Adam Fox and has when, got a Brian Leach feel where he can 
carry. He's come. He's coming to play. Yeah, he can carry this team. He can take care of it on both ends. He will at some point have a highlight reel defensive play that we'll, we will all talk about in the same manner as with Brian Leach did. Brian Leach had a great poke check. He was very good at that. He can catch up to you. And if he lost a step on you, he had the poke check as a sort of a, a last thing, in my ace up my sleeve. And he was great for that. And I think Adam Fox has that kind of feeling to me where, you know, he's your captain, he's your leader. He will lead by example and he'll get you so, some of those points. He'll be clutch in those moments. Um, you know, I don't know. That's just with Adam Fox right now. That's just how he's playing. And I think that's just who he is at this point, too. And he's like, what, 24 as well? Just a kid. Yeah, he's young, man. He's young. Impressive. Um, so right behind him uh, and on the same team, Mika Zibanejad. So honestly, it's nice to have the luxury that the Rangers have, to have two all-stars show up when you need them the most. Uh, Zibanejad's on a four-game point streak as well as a four-game goal-scoring streak. He's got 16 points as well in 13 games, which is a split of 9 and 7 as opposed to 4 and 12. Like that's as even as you get. He's got a minus two, but that's that's because he's playing a lot of minutes and he's kind of in those crucial spots. So I don't look at that minus two as being, ooh, what's going on there? No, he's just playing a lot of hockey. Uh, I think in the playoffs, he's closer to 20. And in the regular season, he was closer to 18. So he's just playing some more, which is good. That's what you want. You want, again, in the same breath as Adam Fox, you want to lean on the players that want it the most. You want to be able to do that in the playoffs. And Zibanejad, and hopefully it's your all-stars. And Zibanejad is absolutely that. Same thing with Fox. So good for him, Zibanejad. And I think, honestly, Zibanejad is going to score a couple of goals tonight. And it'll be a shutout for Sisterkin. And that's how it ends tonight. I'm predicting that. Well, you know what? I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, Marty. In regards to both of these players, I think I feel the same way. These are both an integral parts of what you do yeah. during the regular season, really at any time. Yeah. So to have both of these guys show up and not and dude, it, we're not talking about points per game. We're talking about over point a point per yeah. game here for both of these players. Okay. And and in, and with with these two guys, I mean, again, you're you're this is so much of what you do with the type <coughs> of team that you have. To have these guys performing mm-hmm. the way they are performing right now, uh, hey, listen, if you're if you have anything to do with the Rangers, you got to be extremely pleased about this. I mean, this because this is and Marty, you and I know this from watching you know years and years of playoffs. There's there's getting experience in the regular season and and you know kind of the years go on and, and on, but when you get that experience in the postseason, like. Every th- every little thing is so magnified, mm. and when you can produce the way these guys are producing, when you can lead the way these guys are leading, yeah. I mean, that, what more do you want from your quote unquote star? And that's players? exactly why I think the Rangers like, win the, the, tonight. The, well, everything's on their side right now, Marty. So. Like, forget the wins. Forget this the switch of wins and losses. I just there's a lot of momentum exactly uh, right now. Uh, right now, the Shosturkin thing for me is yeah. coming into play. Yeah. Um, Zabinijad is as and and oddly enough, quietly, yes. quietly yep. had a really really solid postseason. Oh yeah, here. like we're talking Pittsburgh and this That's series. Right, yeah. So seven so you goals. Know what? I, I, yeah. Like, uh, you know what? I won't say anymore. I don't want to take anything right. away from your beauties and the beast. But, yeah, both of these players, very, very impressive. And, and and look, man, the Rangers are – this isn't a Rangers team built for, like, necessarily right, right, right now. This is a team that's building here for the future. Lafreniere, Cheadle, uh, uh, Capo, Caco. Like, there's a lot coming up the pipe here as well. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. If you're a Rangers fan, there's really a lot, regardless of what happens tonight. Yeah. 
there's just a lot to be happy about. Sorry, Sorry. dude. Go I on. I think the <laughs> Rangers' momentum right now, the way they're going, the way things yeah. are playing with yeah. them, the way Zibanejad and Fox have been playing lately, and the rest of the team as well. Even Panarin started to turn it on as well. I think the momentum has them going in the right direction. I think tonight we're going to see, like I said, a statement game. It may not be a shutout, but I think it's going to be a bit of a statement game. And it's sort of like, look out, Tampa, we're for real. And then that's a different conversation altogether. Whether or not the Rangers can keep up with Tampa, that's another conversation. But I do, I hope that's what it is. I do feel that's where it's going to be. And it's big part of that is uh, one of my beasts, or beauties, Mika Zabanajad. And moving right along, uh, Zach Hyman, uh, talk about showing up. So hard work, determination, class, uh, no longer considered overpaid as far as I'm concerned. Hyman is earning this. I've, I remember at the beginning of the playoffs, a lot of people were like, geez, we're paying this guy way too much. And I kept saying like, no, you're not. Like he earned it during the regular season. You're going to see it come out. Don't worry, just hang in there. And sure enough, that's exactly what's happening right now. So Hyman has shown why he's worth every penny of that deal he signed last year. Like, honestly, I love him. I don't care what anyone says. His work ethic has to be contagious, meaning the team is better with him, better with him than without him. He's got 12 points in 12 games, but eight goals. Like I said earlier, if Kane wasn't on the team, he'd be leading the, the team in goals right now. So it's this is great to see because it's exactly what you wanted as an Edmonton fan because secondary scoring was a big deal. It's like it's fine if these guys get all these assists, but I mean secondary scoring where you could really rely on it. And Hyman is exactly that. Kane is playing with McDavid, so I consider that you know a point is a point is a point when you break it down and you go further down do you have anybody else who can do this yes zach hyman is that other guy so if you've got kane mcdavid dreisaitl and hyman all scoring goals for you the rest of them can all pick up the, the apples i don't care you've got four guys that you can turn to for goals that is a winning recipe right there so thank you zach hyman for showing up because this is a big deal and i guarantee you toronto wishes they still had him he's got that fight that they did not have this year well, you know what? Just as you're talking about it, Marty, I'm kind of thinking to myself and I'm saying, Zach Hyman, okay. And I'm sitting there thinking, Evander Kane, all right. And I'm saying to myself, geez, that team looks a hell of a lot fucking different without those two guys on there, uh, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Oh, my God. So, so, so now, now you arguably are plugging Hyman or Kane, flip, flipping whatever way you want onto a first and second line. And now you got a little bit of sandpaper... Mm -hmm. Little bit of, little bit of somebody who's going to go into the corners edge. and muck it up for you a little bit, you know. Start like, start giving guys the butt of the stick a little bit here, and like just yep. get under you, people's you skin. You need you need listen. Tenacity. You need these guys. Like like look, McDavid can make his own room, okay, because of his speed and his edge work and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But you and I both know that's how these things work. When you get these star players, they need a little extra room to be able to manufacture the offense that you're looking for them to manufacture. Yes, good call. How are you going to get that done? You're going to get that done with guys like a Zach Hyman, mm -hmm. guys like an Evander mm -hmm. Kane, whether I like him or not. It doesn't matter. Like Because you it, can't just ignore them. They're not I, players that are going to go well, in and muck it up, and but nothing's going to come of it. No. If you leave them alone or send the wrong person in there with them, they're going to muck it up and then spit out with the puck, and they have the skill to back it up and make a goal. So you better make sure you've got your best on them pay attention to them which is now taking your attention away from the center of the ice which should be on mcdavid or dry or whoever yeah. else is there so yeah it creates that room well i mean to to put it to put it in, in another perspective i'm not saying that zach hyman and evander kane are going to win you the next round are going to win you a stanley cup but what i will say is this 
not having a Zach Hyman and not having a Evander Kane is probably taking you further away from that goal. So, I mean, you, you just you need it in some way, shape, or form. And and I can't remember was Zach Hyman an eight-year seven million, eight year, yeah. or was it a uh, uh, eight-year seven, seven or seven point five or eight? It was one of the three. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but I I think it was a it was, I think it was a Sorry, seven Zach because he was four-year nine million. Oh, that was for Toronto. Hold on, uh, contract Oilers. I think so because he got signed as a free agent, I think. Seven year, 5.5 US. So, yeah, I think it's about eight. 5.5 US. All right. So that's about what? 36, 37 million? 38. Se- seven years at 5.5? Yeah. US. So it's, Jeez, yeah, I so thought it's it was seven, actually... so it's seven Canadian. But I mean, still, yeah. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> but still, it, like a lot of people are saying, again, overpaid, even at that price. Like, you guys are nuts, man. I don't think you guys understand what this guy brings yeah, to this team. I don't think that's so, this guy brings so much to the team. It's ridiculous. No, no. He's, he's, he's worth well, every I mean, penny. And anybody suggesting anything else all, is crazy. All, they, don't know, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, all that to say, like, you know, Zach Hyman, you, you're gonna, you, you need these types of players in the playoffs at some point, one way or the other. Um, so now I'm going to end it with uh, an interesting one for my beast. It's the Carolina Hurricanes offense, <laughs> or lack thereof. Uh, it's not that Carolina doesn't deserve to be in another Game 7. They've earned every bit of it, and they're still very much a team that can and should win. I just mean that in the playoffs, they are, at this stage, a one-dimensional team, and that's disappointing. They have so much offense on that team by now, there should be more scoring. Like, Chalkett leads the team with five goals. Tara Vanden leaves them with 11 points in 13 games, and he's actually only had three points in his last five games. So this team doesn't have anyone that they can point to like the rest of the teams. Like every other team that's in this, that's at, in the, at this stage, they've all got a few players they can point to and go, hey, watch out for that guy. That's not what this team is right now. They're, they're playing slightly different. They had more offense than this in the regular season. It was like some, like Aho and Tara Vanden and a couple other guys were actually playing rather consistently this team is not so with Tampa around the corner if they want to win this is an issue what's worse is still either if it's if you do get past Tampa now you got to face either Colorado or Edmonton at the end of it and we all know what types of teams those are so this team reminds me of like I said before Buffalo only without Hasek and of course even with Hasek Buffalo never won anything so I don't know if this strategy ever actually does anybody any good so I don't think Brandon Moore either knows that this team isn't going to turn it on offensively, that's why he's not making any changes, or this team is still trying to figure it out in the playoffs, which, I'm sorry, but I think you're running out of time. Even if you do happen to get past New York, you're not getting past Tampa. Not playing like this. This is where it ends for you. If it's not tonight, it ends in the next round. You're not, you're not showing enough to win the Cup. So show up. Well, I mean... It, it... I've been a little bit mystified by the Canes a little bit. I love the team. Uh, You know, got a couple of their players on the fantasy roster the whole nine years. So, you know, I'm invested. They just, they they, they don't look like the Carolina Hurricanes that I saw most of the year. They're not dangerous looking. Uh, No. And and I suppose from, from earlier when I was talking about the fact that a lot of people are saying it's kind of maybe a little bit of a boring series. I guess I can understand it a little bit from Carolina's side of things. And just because, and I think you touched on it a little bit earlier, they seem to be playing a more defensive yeah. slash shutdowny kind mm. of 
uh, kind of hockey than than I think they're used to playing. So, I mean, to me, it, it, it just seems like they're a little bit, I don't know. They just they seem to be a little bit off, and I don't know if that's the teams that they're playing. I yeah, kind of making it look that way, but I don't. I'm confused I because I haven't been able to put my finger this on isn't it. Isn't the team that we saw in the regular season, but it's definitely the team that we saw in the first round against Boston, and now again in the second round, we're seeing it again. Where it's just like, there's nothing about you that I'm fearful. It just, the only thing that would worry me is like, are you guys gonna smother us to the point where we really can't score a goal? But Really, mm-hmm. if you just find one hole, you're you're usually pretty good. All you need to do is score, you know, two goals, most three, and you've got this team beat. Well, that's not a whole lot of pressure. You can score three goal game, and if you got Shesterkin in the back end like New York does, then you're pretty comfortable. Probably just scoring the one that you would need. So you know, there's nothing fearful about this team. You know, they're not going to go on some crazy offensive game, and it's just just not going to happen in these playoffs apparently. So. Yeah, so it's just it's uninteresting. They're an uninteresting team in that perspective. Well, I mean, the other little caveat for me is the fact that in regards to anti Ranta, yeah. like listen, I I know he's had some good games yeah. and everything, but we're talking about anti Ranta, Marty. Like I, I, I like listen, great I'm sure he's a great person in the whole nine yards, but his body of work, uh, not just with the hurricanes, but I mean Arizona and Anywhere else that he's been, he's had some, you know, even with the Rangers, I believe, way yeah. back when. He's had some good spells, yeah. but but this this guy just kind of mm. screams like, you know, low starter slash backup, right? And I know they've been playing well. They've been winning games. They got through the first round with them, and, you know, obviously they're doing okay. They've gotten to a seventh game in the second round, but... But that's the thing. Like you can't just I mean, keep at end, getting at the, a, at the end of the you day. Can't keep getting to seven I know. games, thinking like this one I, isn't going to catch up to you at some point. That's it's it, it's almost like the slipper is going to fall off. The yeah, foot, right. Like that's I mean, what it feels like. Some, like. It's it's almost it's almost like you're you're kind of playing uh, uh, with fire here a little bit. Yeah. Like your luck is going to run out here at some point. Your team your team so, will have played the most before you get into the finals if you make it to the finals. That's not necessarily how you want things to go. Have to? Could you imagine every round you go seven games? And yes, you've made it through the whole time. But imagine playing 21 games, whereas Colorado's only played, let's say, 16. Like, on top yeah. of Colorado being a much more offensive team and basically having a slight edge in nets, now you've got to, on top of that, you've got to face the fact that your team is more beat up than they are. They're already going to skate circles around us. Now let's give them another reason because I played too many games. Like... I don't know. Like you said, it sounds like the shoe's going to fall off pretty soon because that's just where it's that's where it's suggesting that we're going. You could have easily lost the first round just as much as you could have easily lost the second round. Eventually, and the reason for both is because not enough offense. In my mind, eventually that catches up to you. And that's that was always Buffalo's biggest problem. They had the D. They had the goalie. They just couldn't score enough goals. And that's why they never won a cup. Don't hit your ride. Don't hit your... Uh, is it the the thing? Hit wagon, your wagon. That's the word. <laughs> ah, good times. Don't hit your wagon onto that theory because it never worked for Buffalo. So you need to score some damn goals. Well, listen. I mean, on the positive side for Carolina, you can shut up all the naysayers yeah. tonight. I don't. I, I personally don't think it's going to happen. But you're at home. You played well at home. Let's see what can happen. But you better start scoring, man, because. 
if you don't, if if you're if you manage to get by Shishterkin, look who's waiting for you. So it doesn't get any easier. So they got to figure a way here, one way or the other. It's either figuring it out tonight, moving on, or take the whole summer to figure it out. <laughs> what did we need? Yeah, scoring. Yeah, all right. Go out and sign somebody now. Good luck. Yeah, but didn't we try and get that in Kakanyemi? Oh, oh, swing and a miss. Yikes! <laughs> swing and a miss. All right, bud. And there you have it. Woo! Oh, buddy, I'm I am so happy to be back, brother. Oh, it does. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash tugalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.